today we're starting off, kicking off a new series called You, Me, God. It's all about relationships, community and connection. And um, I'm going to pray, do something different and pray first. Is that okay? Yeah. Lord, we just thank you for who you are, God. We just pray that you'd open up our hearts, Father God, to receive. We pray for revelation, uh, that you'd speak to us, Lord. Um, we commit this series to you, Father, and we pray that your will be done, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Fantastic. All right, so relationships. Got to love them, eh? Yeah. Got to love them. Relationships to me is something I've had to work at because by nature I'm a task-oriented person. And so when I walk into a room, let's just say it's this room, uh, and my team absolutely love it, <laughs> the first thing I'll notice is the chairs. Are the chairs crooked? Are they straight? Is there enough space between them? Are we going to fit? What's happening with the pallets? Are they straight? Are the lights on? Uh, is the mat pulled forward? Is it crooked? Um, why are those cords messy? I'm task orientated, so this is how I'm thinking when I walk into a room. Uh, you might be thinking, why is she a pastor? Uh, <laughs> God said, so you can blame him, alright? Uh, but, you know, don't get me wrong, I love people, I do love people, I, but I just like getting stuff done. <laughs> Let's just do stuff. I like results and, and, and just seeing things happen, you know. Let's just make it happen. And then you've got your people people. Who's a people person here? I put my hand up, I'm not really. People people. The first thing they do when they walk into a room is they see people. And, and, and the first person they bump into or they see uh, guaranteed they're probably in a conversation with them for the next two to three hours. <laughs> uh, me, I'm like, I've got to keep moving, you know. Uh, you know, if you get invited to a party, a task-orientated person wants to know, well, where is it? What time does it start? What time does it finish? And what do I bring? Right? A people person, they're like, well, who's going? What are we doing? And are we going to have fun? Uh, and don't necessarily rely on them to bring anything. They'll just come and eat all your food, right? <laughs> uh, so we've got task-orientated people and we've got people-people. Uh, but, you know, whether you're a people person or a task-orientated person, we all need relationship. That's the bottom line. We all need relationship. And relationships can bring our greatest joy, yet also our greatest pain. You know, just think about kids. <laughs> they bring the greatest joy, yet sometimes excruciating pain when you have to get up in the middle of the night or they've wet the bed or whatever it is. You know, it's painful. Or think about uh, your husband or wife. You've got to love them, right? <laughs> the joy that they bring, you know, when you first, you know, fall in love and get married and then, uh, and then after you're married, the pain and misery. <laughs> that first year, that first year can be a killer. Well, it was for us anyway. Uh, but you've got joy and you've got pain. Relationships can be messy and complicated. They can be hard work. Can I get a drink? Is that all right? I've got something happening with my throat this morning, so I'm going to need lots of water. Uh, relationships can be messy and complicated. They can be hard work. They take effort, right? We know that. Uh, relationships, uh, they require courage. They require uh, boldness, they require communication, honesty, being open. You know, they can also be fun, can't they? I mean, I, you know, sometimes you just never laugh as hard as you do when, I know for me, it's just when I'm hanging out with the girls. You know, I, I, it's just like, I just, I don't know if I can laugh anymore. My stomach is hurting. Uh, thanks, Adele. You know, you've got support, encouragement, a shoulder to cry on. 
uh, guidance, you know, and we're all in different types of relationships, aren't we? We have husband, uh, wife, son, daughter, mother, father, boss, co-workers, team, leader, friend. And so whether you're a people person or a task-orientated person, we're all created for relationship. And we live our best life in relationship, just like Jacob was speaking about the tithe and offerings. You live uh, with your finances, you live your best life when you tithe and when you give. And it's the same, we live our best life when we're in relationship uh, with one another. You know, our relationships determine our quality of life. You know, I read a quote recently that says this, call it a clan, call it a network, call it a tribe, call it a family, whatever you call it, whoever you are, you need one. You need one. And so I want to take us to the very beginning of God's word uh, this morning. And and, and I just want to lay a bit of a foundation. This is the first week and we've got two more weeks from here. Uh, And when I say beginning, I mean beginning. So I'm talking Genesis 1.1. And it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And we, so we see here right from the very beginning, uh, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit was right there, right at the very beginning. And then if you keep on reading, God begins to create the universe. He says, let there be light. And then he's like, let there be dry ground and sky. And then, and then the plants and then the animals. And then we hit verse 26 and it says this. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And so it's interesting that it says, Let us. Let us make mankind in our image. Let us make mankind in our image. Uh, who's God talking about? He's, he's talking about himself, the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so right from the very beginning, we see the Trinity in action, don't we? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A foundational belief of Christianity is that God is love. The, the essence of who God is, is love. And, and this belief comes from the relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we know the Trinity is made up of one God, yet three persons, three beings, uh, uh, each with different functions. They each have different functions, yet they're the same spirit. And this relationship between the three expresses a mutual love and connection between one another, revealing the very core of who God is, the very nature of who God is. Uh, And at the very core of who he is, is is relational, is fellowship, is love, is connection, is community. And and so God didn't create human beings just because he was lonely or he just needed some peeps to hang out with. He's like, I'm bored, get me some people, you know. I need some peeps. It it wasn't because of that. It was creation right from the very beginning came out of the overflow of who God is, out of the Trinity, out of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, out of that relationship that already existed within 
And so when the Bible says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, it means we too were created for love and relationship, community and connection. And so it's at the very core of who we are too. There's no two ways about it. it. It can't be any other way. It's who we are. We're created in love and relationship for love and relationship. It's in our nature. It's in our core. Yet so many of us struggle with relationship. People, people or task-orientated people. We all struggle with relationship. Genesis 2.18 says it is not good for man to be alone. I've heard it preached that when God, uh, and this really spoke to me, when God uh, said to Adam, uh, it, it, he said it, it is not good for man to be alone. He said that to Adam. But when he said that to Adam, Adam wasn't completely alone because he was with God. God was walking with him and he was with him. And so, yet God still said it. He still said it. And so when people say, oh, it's just me and God and, 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 I, can, and I can worship God anywhere or I can have God's presence anywhere or I can read the Bible and be with God, but God says that's not good enough because it's not just about being with him, it's being with him and with other people too. And this is according to God. He said it. He still said it. He was with, that, with Adam, but he said it. So God's purpose for creation in this world from the very beginning has always been community. Always. Always been community. And we see this theme right throughout the Bible. The church community began on the day of Pentecost uh, and continues to this day, basically. And uh, the apostles are the foundation. They're, they're, Jesus gathered them and they're like his core leadership team. It's pretty cool, eh? You know, your core leadership team. I love my core leadership team. And, and, but with himself as the chief cornerstone. He was the chief cornerstone. And, and from that day till now, one by one, we're being built into God's temple. How awesome is that? You know, the church is, is not a building. It's not programs. I know you know that. It's not a building. It's not programs. It's a group of people reconciled to God and reconciled to each other. That's what the church is. Uh, and to be the church is to be in reconciled relationship and active fellowship. And you know fellowship is a special word just for believers. It, it's being in reconciled relationship with our Father and with each other. That's fellowship. And to be the church is to be in active fellowship. And uh, much like the Trinity, we just spoke about the Trinity. They're in active fellowship with one another. I mean, it's so awesome. That's why we're so big on get to church. <laughs> Clear your schedule. Make it a priority. You know, when I became a Christian, it was a non-negotiable. A non-negotiable. That's why we say get to connect. Clear your schedule. Make it a priority. It's active fellowship, much like the Trinity. It's who we are. We're born for it. We need it. We have to have it. It's not about what Jacob was saying, oh, you're trying to control me. You're just trying to boss me around. They're controlling over there. No, it's because you were born for it. That's how God made you. So it doesn't matter where you come from, what your background is. Just, you know, Jacob's got one. (laughs) (laughs) I like to point the finger now. What race or colour you are. 
how long you've been a Christian. doesn't matter. It doesn't just because you've been a Christian for 30 years, you get to all of a sudden stop being an active fellowship. No, you don't get excluded. There's no division in God's kingdom. We're all equal in God's kingdom. It has nothing to do with bloodlines. It supersedes all that stuff. It's about faith lines. In Revelation, it says every tribe and every tongue. It says all the nations, every people, everybody, every single person. The word church is translated from the word uh, ecclesia, which means a called out assembly, a people that are called out. That's us. If you're a believer in this room this morning, that's, that's us. That's you. We're children of the living God and called to live in relationship with God and each other, called to fellowship, called to, to sitting and being and hearing God's word, called to serve, called to love one another, called to share in communion, which we do here once a month, but you can do that anytime, really. It was never about attending a church building and ticking a box and saying done for the day, I mean for the week. It was never, ever, ever about that. You know, sometimes people say, well, why isn't the church doing this or why isn't the church doing that? But if any one of you are doing it, whatever it is that they're talking about, because they're always talking about something different, or the person next to you is doing it, then we're doing it. Because we're the church. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? We are the temple of God. And just as the spirit of God uh, filled Solomon's temple, uh, the temple that he built for God, and, and, and the spirit dropped into that temple, so too we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are God's temple, each and every one of us. And, and this spirit is what is building the church. This spirit goes forth and builds the church. And so it's not just one person. It's never about one or two people or even it's never been about just even the core leadership team. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5 says, What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to, e to each his task. I planted the seed, and this is Paul talking. Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service you are God's field God's building we are the building we are God's field united together and so if this ha is how we are created right from the very beginning and what we are called to as God's people are called out assembly the people of God why do you still struggle in relationship in community we've got to ask ourselves that question you know the only time relationship was perfect was in the garden of eden uh, before the fall and adam and eve were in perfect relationship with god and each other and there was pure intimacy uh, and genesis 2 5 it says the man and his wife were both naked and felt no shame 
It was not flawed in any way. It was perfect. Yet after the fall, after the fall, relationships became flawed. Got that out, didn't I? After the fall, (laughs) relationships became flawed. That's what happened. And so Adam and Eve were separated from God and they no longer had that pure, intimate relationship with God or each other. Genesis 3, 7 says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realised they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And so, but we know that Jesus came and restored and reconciled us back into relationship with him. We know that. That's why he shed his blood. So we can enter back in, can't we? Boldly and fully. We stand before him naked and unashamed. We're made righteous, we're made holy, we're made worthy, we're forgiven, we're clean before him because of our saviour and our redeemer. We come back into relationship with our heavenly father. But just as Adam and Eve made coverings for themselves, some of us today, instead of putting our faith and trust in this reconciled relationship with God because of who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ has done, We try to cover and protect ourselves by erecting walls around our hearts. Anybody in the house? (laughs) It's gone a little bit quiet in here. (laughs) And we push people away. So instead of, okay, Jesus came and we can enter fully back in and stand before him because of Jesus Christ, but instead of that we take matters into our own hands and we put up these walls And we try and cover up the shame and the guilt and the rejection and the hurt. Because life happens, right? (laughs) People make their choices, right? And it is painful at times. And we try to protect ourselves from further hurt. And we say, you can come this far, but no further. Or this far, depends. Some of our walls are massive and some we're halfway and some... Some we're bringing down. Self-protecting wars that we weren't designed to have because that's not how God created us. He created us for love and relationship, to be in reconciled relationship with him and with each other. And these walls that some of us have built around our hearts makes it incredibly difficult to relate the way we're created to relate. And so not only do we push people away, though, we're also pushing God away. We're putting a barrier between ourselves and God and we struggle to fully engage in that intimate relationship that he's calling us to. And so the first thing we need to do, if this is you, and next week I think what we'll speak on, we'll talk about boundaries. I'm not speaking about boundaries, I'm talking about walls. Uh, But the first thing that we need to do is accept what Jesus Christ has done for us and just be okay with that. Accept it. It's not about us. It's actually prideful. And and I'm talking from myself here. It's, It's prideful to think it's about us. It's about what he's done. And because of what he's done, we're worthy, we're clean, we're righteous, we're forgiven. And so if you struggle in this area, the first step to achieving 
healthy relationships. And that's if you're a believer. If you're sitting in the room this morning and you're not a believer, your first step would be to enter into a personal relationship with your Heavenly Father. That's the first step. And, and we can give you a moment to do that um, a little bit later. But if you're a believer, the first step to achieving healthy relationships as God created you is to get good at relationship with yourself. First step. The Bible says to love others as you love yourself. Are you loving yourself? How's that going? Coming to a place where you believe that you are enough. Pastor Jacob preached an amazing message on Father's Day. You are enough. If you missed it, go check it out online. But coming to that place where you say, this is who I am. This is who I am and I'm okay with that. This is me. You know that song, uh, This Is Me, uh, the, the Greatest Showman? You know, it gets people going, right? <laughs> this is me. And I'm not talking about uh, not dealing with character issues. You know, it's not an excuse to just continue, well, this is just the way I am, so I'm just going to be like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about accepting who you are as God made you and being okay with that. Being vulnerable, being authentic. You know, it's hard to be vulnerable and authentic with others when you're not vulnerable and authentic with yourself. And so imagine if we all worked at getting better at relationship, community and connection. Imagine what that would look like. And I know we've all got different struggles and some of you, you know, maybe you don't have any walls and, and you've, you've got an opposite issue and we can touch on that <laughs> next week if you come back. <laughs> but imagine the impact we could have on those around us. Luke chapter 13 verse 34 says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another and by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, when we read in the book of Acts, the early church, uh, we read about believers getting together every single day. Like every single day. Every day they got together. In Acts 2.42, uh, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves. I love that. It wasn't the pastor or the leader's dragging them along to connect group or, you know, or to church. It was they devoted themselves. It come from within. It come from within and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And then in verse 47 it says this, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. How awesome is that? Imagine a community, uh, a church where that devotion comes from within. united and moving forward together in the things of God. Imagine the impact we could have, the lives that would be saved. And w when I look around, I see it uh, already. I see it happening, but there's more. There's, there's always more, and there's so much more. And I think as, as a church that we need to begin to work through some of this stuff. You know, whether you're a people person or a task-orientated person, we can all commit to getting better at relationship. And if I can just have the keys up, if that's all right. Thanks, um, Karen. And so to build uh, healthy relationships, 
we have to start with bringing those walls down. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Maybe we should have the band up if that's all right. We might do some business with God this morning. Does that sound all right? I remember a time when I had big, massive walls. You certainly knew not to come anywhere near me. I made it known. And they were huge. Huge. Just ask Jacob. (laughs) You worked hard, didn't you? But, you know, they were there because of hurts and pains, that pain I'd experienced from my past, you know. Rejection that I felt from my father and from other people in my life. And, you know, if you keep getting hurt, you, you sort of, you just go into protection mode, don't you? Well, I've got to protect myself or I'm going to keep getting knocked about here and I don't want to anymore. And so you put up these walls. But what we don't realise is we begin to push away why we were created, which is to be in relationship with each other and with our Heavenly Father. And so in the end, it causes more damage. And for me, it was affecting my relationships. You know, in the long run, it's, it's more painful to isolate and to retreat and to shrink back and, and to internalise. And so I had to make a decision. Will I choose to bring down these walls and allow my Heavenly Father to protect me emotionally? Therefore, I can begin to walk in all he had for me. Because sometimes it really holds us back. It holds us back from walking in our destiny. And I remember being in my room one time and, and making a conscious decision to do this. And I prayed to God and I literally uh, visualised these walls coming down. And at the same time, I was confessing, you know, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry for, for not for not putting my trust in you, for not believing in what you've done for me at the cross. I'm sorry. And he's a gracious God. He's a forgiving God. He's a comforting God. I'm sorry for trusting in my own ability and and taking matters into my own hands. And, uh, And I did business with God that day. And I walked out of my room that day a freer person. And, you know, it wasn't an instant, you know. I mean, I'm still a task-orientated person. Just ask the team this morning. I'm like, this mat should be forward. Why is it, why is it not forward and why is it crooked? <laughs> you know, but it comes in layers as well. For me, that day was a massive step in the right direction. A massive step in the right direction. And so I think this morning that we should spend some time with God and, and you and God can have a conversation. And maybe you might want to make that decision today too. God, today I choose to, and, and visualise, I choose to bring down these walls that are pushing you out and pushing people out too. And today I choose to trust you to protect me emotionally. And you might ask the question, well, what if I get hurt again? Well, you know what? You probably will. Because people are people and life's life. But we have a saviour. We have a redeemer. We have a healer. So when those hurts come, 
instead of putting up that wall, we draw close to him and say, hey, God, that hurt what that person said or what that person did it hurt. I ask you to heal me. I forgive them and I ask that you comfort me. Instead of taking matters into our own hands and having these big walls and pushing people away. And so, yeah, as the music plays, as we sing a song, if that's all right, I don't know which one you're going to do, but I'm sure you'll pick nicely, Karen. Have a chat with God. Spend some time with him. Pray to him. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus.